1: It's Tuesday, July 26, which means that we are one week out from the trade deadline. I'm Chris Cotillo. This is the Fenway Rundown podcast. It's been a crazy week for the Red Sox. A historic loss on Friday night, 28 to 5 to the Blue Jays. And as David Ortiz was getting inducted in Cooperstown, the Red Sox were flailing at home. It was uh, a miserable weekend against the Blue Jays, and it set them up for what could be a very interesting final week before the trade deadline as Heim Bloom decides if he's going to buy, if he's going to sell, if he's going to stand pat, or really what the immediate future of this franchise holds. To preview everything that's going to happen before August 2nd at 6 o'clock, I'm going to be joined by Chris Smith, my co-beat writer at Mass Live. We're going to get into all the possibilities. Could the Red Sox add at first base or in the bullpen? Could they stand pat, do nothing, and kind of see what this team is really like when all their injured players get back? Could they sell somebody like J.D. Martinez or Nate Evaldi or Xander Bogarts? Everything's on the table. We're going to discuss all the possibilities. Here is Chris Smith, a new dad, fresh back from paternity leave. Chris Smith is back from what felt like for the guy who had to work almost every day, a year-long paternity leave, but it really was only a couple weeks. Uh, Chris, uh, this is your first chance on this, on this show to talk about Cooper and uh, you know what the last few weeks of uh, your life have been like.
0: Uh, I'm very tired. Uh, he's, uh, it's, it's a lot harder when you have a three-year-old too. Um, but she's, I don't know, I don't know
1: why I said, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. So, um,
0: she's all over him. So like, you know, you've got to be careful. You gotta be like, ah, don't, don't, don't poke his head. You know, he's got soft spots on his head, (laughs) (laughs) stuff like that. And then like, and she's like, totally like wants to get like, uh, like hug him every minute. So like, you're like getting nervous that she's going to crush him and stuff and fall on him. Uh, but other than that, you know, it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good.
1: Good. Well, you're back now. Uh, you, as I was in Cooperstown over the weekend covering David Ortiz's induction, you were at Fenway for what was probably the worst series of the year for the Red Sox. And there's a few candidates, I think the Yankee series last weekend, that one against the white Sox earlier at Fenway. Uh, but you saw on Friday a historic loss and then two boring losses over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday. Um, you know, I didn't watch the games because we were busy up in Cooperstown. I saw the box scores. I saw what happened. I saw the quotes after that you wrote about. My thought was, this reminds me of 2020. Um, I know they didn't get beat as badly as 28-5 to at any point during that season, but just kind of like the complete ineptitude, random guys that you've never seen you know play before. I know Yulmer Sanchez had a big RBI last night, but did um, they kind of have 2020 vibes other than the fact there were fans in the stands?
0: Yeah, I mean right now they're not playing defense. As Cora would say, they're not catching the ball, they're not hitting the ball, they're not making pitches. <laughs> so like other than that, though, it's going pretty well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, so uh obviously Friday is pretty historic 28 to what did it end up being 28 five. to 5. And then I also got a viral tweet about some uh couple uh, some guy proposing that made my night so right
1: that was that was the only win of the whole night <laughs>
0: that was a good win um <laughs> and so like uh yeah i mean uh you know it's it's like there's balls dropping in the in the outfield duran not chasing after it after he sees it and then him not really taking accountability i mean mm-hmm. you know he was very far away from Verdugo. i counted on that video there 11 seconds he he saw where the ball was in at 15 seconds, Verdugo finally got to it. So, like, you know, he wouldn't have just collided with him. So, um, you know, I think he should have just probably said, like, "Yeah, I screwed up."
1: Yeah, you know,
0: but whatever. So, you know, but that just like there's not other people losing balls in the. You know, the Red Sox seem to be losing balls more at their home park than the visitors, and right. Um, you know, Jeter Downs just looks like a disaster striking out like a ton and, you know, making errors in the, in the field. Now he had never played third base until a couple of weeks ago, but still, I mean, this is just where you're at. I mean, there's just poor defense all around. Um, Cora mentioned that, you know, he thinks in the last 14 days, the defense is, has really taken a turn for the worse, And, you know, but there is a lot of turnover. I mean, they have 13 or 14 guys on the, the IL. I think it will be 13 today after Winkowski comes back. And so, um, you know, there, there are people on the IL you've got story. Who's a great defensive player on the IL you've got both uh, Devers, who's your best player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, J- J.D. Martinez is not, you know, played in four days. And right. so, you know, they've kind of had to have a makeshift lineup. A lot of minor leaguers. I mean, a lot of guys that has spent most of the year, you know, Sanchez, spent almost all of the year in, in, in triple I mean, you look at it everywhere,
1: even, you know, Duran. I mean, even Duran.
0: So like, you know, it's, it's a very um, shaky lineup right now. You know, like you're, you're not going out there expecting to score many runs every, any, any day. And, uh, and they're hurting themselves. I think that core, you know, stressed that last year when they were playing, like when they had the whole COVID situation and they had a lot of people out, you know, and they were playing some guys like, um, you know, Jack Lopez or whatever, at least they were playing like good defense and they're allowing, you know, their, their offense to be able to hang in it and stuff like that. And their pitches to make pitches, whatever. Um, right now they're just not playing good baseball overall. And, and, you know, cores acknowledge that.
1: Right. I mean, it, it's obviously been a horrendous July. I think July is somehow even worse than April, which would have been hard to believe for those of us who sat through that month. But this is coming at a really bad time, and I think this is what the crux of what we're going to talk about today is as a trade deadline preview. I mean, you are, as we sit here, we're one week out from the trade deadline on August 2nd. Red Sox will be in Houston. I will be there next week covering um, everything that goes on, whether it's a lot of moves, whether it's not. It, Bloom and I sat down and talked, uh, and I posted that as a podcast early in the month. I think it was July 6th or July 7th. And he said, you know, we're in a position to buy at that point, you know, they were, I think in the first wild card spot, well over 500, we're in a position to buy. This is the kind of position you want to be in. He talked about bullpen help and maybe upgrading first base, all those types of things. And since then, you know, they entering last night, lost nine to 10, a couple of five game losing streaks in there. Uh, You obviously that horrible stretch four and 10 against Tampa and New York come back with a win last night. Um, But there's, you know, you have, I think it's, seven eight more games before or seven more games before the trade deadline um and the crux of of what i'll be writing today is you know they are these are the most important seven games of the season because this is really going to determine what they do leading up to you know six o'clock not four o'clock it's now six o'clock apparently eastern time on the deadline next tuesday there are plenty of ways they can go there's obviously the okay we're in the hunt And we're only a couple games back. We have a lot of guys coming back from injury, and we can buy. And they go get, I don't know, relievers. They go get first baseman, maybe some outfield help. There's the, all right, there's so many teams here. We have so many pending free agents that we have to look to sell some pieces. Maybe J.D. Martinez and Nate Evaldi and Michael Waka, Rich Hill, who knows, Andrew Bogarts get traded in that mix. Or there's the, you know, Stan Pat 2019, maybe a small move here or there on either side and see what you got with the guys coming back. I mean, the, the range of what can happen in the next week for this team is extremely wide, I think. Um, and I really don't know which way it's going to go. I really think if they like lost last night and they got swept by Cleveland, I think that they were going to be sellers. And if they somehow win three or four against Cleveland, two or three against Milwaukee, maybe head to Houston, still right in that mix. They probably stand pat if they get hot, which I don't see happening considering how many injuries there are they buy i mean th- it just feels like you know and i i asked about nine people this yesterday at fenway verdugo and pavetta and uh, cora and you know different people like do these games feel more important they said no no just one of 162 but really the reality is what happens in the next few days is going to determine a lot of this franchise's future and i think that's pretty crazy to think about
0: yeah i think the the difficult thing too with this trade deadline is is that you know, there's that extra postseason spot. So, like, you know, you can tread water here and still be in it at the trade deadline. But, like, I'm trying to think, like, well, are we really in it? Or, you know, uh, you know, he's deciding whether the team is actually in it, is is good enough to, you know, if they do get into the playoffs to do anything. Like, there's just so many questions. And, you know, he has to ask himself. Um, so that that makes it harder. But, yeah, I think that obviously these, you know, the next two games again or the next three games against the Guardians, the three games against the Brewers and and you know, going into that Astro series is huge. And um, you know, I mean, there has to be, I asked Core about it on uh Sunday or whatever. Like, is there urgency going into this series? That you know, because you've got so many guys, you know, like Vivaldi's people would want vault. I mean, he's you know, postseason record, they could get a lot for Avaldi. Um you know, J.D. Martinez, guy with postseason experience who, you know, performed in 2018 in the postseason. I mean, these are guys that performed last year. So these are guys that you can get a lot for. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if they would – the the Bogarts one is an interesting one. Like, I could see them trading several guys, uh, including J.J. Martinez and Nathan Evaldi if they're sellers. But, like, do they trade Xander Bogarts or do they, you know – um wait to negotiate more with him after the season and that um you know span where it's just their exclusive rights to negotiate and stuff like that so uh he's he's kind of the the x factor the x man is the nice. x wow. factor
1: <laughs> i mean i just i don't understand why and we've seen you know Heim bloom take emotion out of it so often but like You know, not that he's, I I think the whole thing about him, you know, being robotic is totally overblown. And like he has told me on multiple occasions, like this is really hard for us to trade, whether it be Mookie, whether it be Ben Benintendi to let Brock Holt go, whoever, any of these, you know, fan favorites they've let go. But I just don't see a world in which he like, you know, trades JD and trades a couple of these other guys. And it's like, well, Bogarts is a different case. He's still a pending free agent. who's going to get you a lot of them, you know, like you're still going to get you prospects. So I think, you know, that they'll probably get you the most. Right. And if you do that, if you're going to go, if you're going to sell, why not go all in? I know fans are going to be pissed, but you know, if you're going to choose that path, um, go for it. Uh, My prediction, I think I just, I, I don't really think that they're going to go too far on either side. I think that 2019 trade deadline is a great comp. Like they're not going to go all in last year. You know, people talk about no, they didn't do much of the deadline. You know, Schwarber was a great addition and Robles. It was great down the stretch and Austin Davis has turned into a pretty good piece. So, you know, they were, there was one pretty sizable trade, one kind of small one and one really small one in that Davis for Chavis rhyming swap. And they all worked out. I think you can look at that and Schwarber for, you know, one of your top 10 prospects. That's, that's a, a significant deal. I don't think they're going to make anything that significant on the buying side of things this time. And I don't think they're going to do anything of major significance on the selling side, unless, I don't know, they go one and six in these next few games. I think, you know, that 2019 deadline, Dave Dombrowski, I know it's a different regime. I know Heim thinks much differently than, than deal and Dave did. Um, but that is a great comp. You look at the way, you know, they were just in the wild card race. They had no chance at the division. Dombrowski decided, all right, let's get let's go and get Andrew Kashner, who was, a disaster, but they went and got Andrew Kashner for like two 17 year olds that I don't even know what happened to those guys since, but uh, from Baltimore, Kashner came up, struggled in the rotation, struggled in the bullpen, but it was just a minor move when they needed a starter. Um, and that was the move they made and they did nothing else up until the trade deadline. And Dave Dombrowski said, well, it just, it didn't make sense to mortgage the future for a team that basically he didn't believe in. And, you know, I think there's two reasons that that could be the case here. Number one, it's hard to believe in this team with the inconsistency we've seen. And I don't blame the Red Sox for, you know, not going all in because um, if they, you know, don't believe in them, then that's deserved after what April was, what July was, the inconsistency and all of that. And number two, they kind of have, you know, if you were talking PR wise, a built-in excuse, you know, not to go all talk radio, but the built-in excuse is, well, at the trade deadline or beyond the trade deadline, we're going to get back Devers and Trevor Story. And, you know, I know J.D.'s not in the IL, but you know what I mean? And Waka and Hill and um, eventually Kike. And, you know, they're still holding out hope about Chris Sale in September. So they can have that built-in excuse like, oh, we're adding all these guys back like they are trade deadline additions like they did with Sale. You know, who knows? Maybe James Paxton in August, guys like that. Um it seems like, you know, at full strength, obviously this team's a lot better than what we've seen the last couple weeks with 15 guys on the injured list. Um, And I think that they might choose to like, okay, we're going to do a minor upgrade here and there, but instead of trading prospects for a first baseman, Casas comes up, you know, eventually. Instead of trading for a rotation piece, we get Waka and Hill and Paxton maybe back, you know, instead of trading for an outfielder, um, we just try to get Kike Hernandez healthy, right? Like, I mean, that seems to me like the most likely scenario at this point, but five straight wins or five straight losses changes that instantly.
0: Yeah. And uh, they can't really make an excuse though for first base. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's
1: been a disaster. But I I think that they thought Costas would be up and produce it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, No, I know. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. And so like my prediction would be that they're not going to go one and six over the next whatever. I mean, I think they're probably going to go 500 and it's just going to be a difficult situation that, that produces that kind of outcome and purgatory.
1: That, it's the worst place to be.
0: Yeah. I think that it's better for, you know, one way or the other, you know, it's better for your organization. It's better for the fans, you know, you sell and you get some good prospects and you build for the feature or you buy, and you know, you're, you're making a run this year. So, um, yeah, I totally agree with what you said. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this week and, you know, you can make the case though that at full strength, um, you know, next, next month, they can, you know, get right back at it. If they're, if they're, you know, if it's at the deadline and they're only three and a half games behind, Um, we saw the type of uh, June that they had. I mean, they were, you know, incredible in June. And so, um, you know, yeah, I think that uh, it should be interesting uh, moving forward here the next week. This is just such an
1: interesting week. It is. I think let's, let's talk about kind of, you know, if, if they choose this path, what you'd do. Uh, as big news just came in, Red Sox have designated Phillips Valdez for assignment that was broken in the Worcester Red Sox game notes today. So that's uh, the Phillips Valdez era has at least for now come to an end unless he clears waivers. So um, if they buy, who's the name that you, you would want them to get. I mean, or what is the area that you think is it still to me? Like I've been beating the drum that their bullpen's horrendous all season, but now as we saw you know yesterday and we've seen a couple of times, You go one inning of Schreiber, two innings of Whitlock, and an inning of Hauk, or some combination of those three guys. Like that's kind of enough, you know. Like I know they need other guys to step up, and you're going to need Salamara, Brazier, Diekman, Strom. These guys. Like I think they still could benefit from adding somebody, but the bullpen's in better shape than uh, it has been all year. So I I look at that as less of a need. Where do you think the biggest need is right now?
0: Yeah, I mean Brazier's been you know terrible lately, and Diekman just can't be trusted. So I would say one more. Mm -hmm. bullpen guy i would say even though like you know what we saw last yesterday was you know awesome for them and it 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 kind of makes you question how many more wins they would have had if they kept garrett whitlock in the you know bullpen
1: someone should have written that column four times in two weeks from april and may like yeah i did
0: so i mean look at yeah um you know, but I think the the, you know, the big, the big thing, if they're, they're selling and they want to, I mean, if they're buying and they want to improve his first base, uh, you know, they're getting no defense, no hitting from first base. Bobby Dahlbeck has been better of late, but, you know, Frenchie Cordero striking out a ton again, like, you know, Core talked about the frustration he sees with him. Um, yeah. I mean, Dahlbeck, like just horrendous, like, you know, a horrendous year and it's, you know it's there's a lot of questions going forward of like what do you have going into next year mm-hmm. I mean obviously you've got you know Tristan and everything and you can look at him as a first baseman but like is Dahlbeck a major league player is is Duran a major league player right now I mean he's he's getting you know him Cordero and um him Cordero and uh uh are just getting like buried with fastballs yeah. um you know so it's like uh you know there's a lot of question marks and so i i would think that the the um the top need is is first base but in you know it's very difficult to bring Mm -hmm. casas up at this point too you know and and believe that you know and and especially with the way that they want like his development to go and everything they this was we've seen it we've
1: seen it with bayo right well you rush a guy before he's probably ready and it can really screw with their development i mean we don't know what the long term thing on bayo is going to be but
0: and this was a disappointing, like, year because, you know, you, they felt like this year he would be in AAA for a good amount of time where he would be able to, you know, make adjustments to pitchers when they saw him a second time through and or a third time through and, you know, different games. And so, like, you know, it's, it's really been in, you know, him just not getting at bats. That's that's a huge thing, you know, and so. Um, I don't think you can, like, count on him go, coming up this year and, you know, helping at first base. I think you, you need to make that that move.
1: And the three names there that I have been thinking about in the Red Sox, obviously, are probably as well. Josh Bell, CJ Crone, and Trey Mancini, I think, are the three guys that are, are available. Um, you know, what's really interesting, and, and I've heard this multiple times, is that the Red Sox probably would have been a perfect fit for Carlos Santana. Who got traded from Kansas City to Seattle about a month ago, and um, you know, high obviously on base guy. Out quite what? a bit. He's yeah. obviously
0: helped them out quite a bit.
1: And I mean, he's a guy that you know the Red Sox are never going to be that team that uh is the first team to make a move right now under under this regime, and uh, it kind of bit them right there. Any of those guys stand out to you? I mean, Josh Bell's kind of your classic rental. Um, can hit, play first base, just. Kind Of seems like a fit, but obviously, he's going to have a pretty good market,
0: yeah. Crone's interesting. I mean, you know, obviously, uh, he's with the Rockies, so <laughs> yeah, everybody's going to question the numbers coming in, and he's and,
1: he's under control for next year, too. So, probably a little bit more, uh, to I mean, get him. He's a,
0: he's a Heim guy, right? Like, he was in Tampa Bay for a year, he hit 30 home runs in Tampa Bay in 2018, and so, um, you know, Heim knows him at least, and all that. Um, I, you know. I've always liked Trey Mancini. Uh, I'm not sure how good the numbers are this year. Mm-hmm. They're they down. Did. Yeah, his OPS is probably below 800, right? But mm-hmm. um, like I've always liked him. somebody to look at. Like you know, a type of leader type guy too. Um, you know, in free agency.
1: Right. <laughs> I know I, we're not
0: talking about free agency, but
1: but you know, yeah, that's a good point. We don't know if, if the Orioles are gonna, you know, make a trade um, there. If if they if they sell, I mean, do you think? JD's the first to go. Evaldi, you know, Waka, if he's healthy, Hill, Strom. I mean, is it is it just that those obvious kind of rental guys?
0: Yeah, just because they're all one one year guys. But I think that they're going to be like a heavy market for them just because of their experience, especially yeah. like a guy like Evaldi. And, you know, you look so he's at he's been some, he's been horrible I mean,
1: since he's been back. So you wonder he what has
0: been horrible, and his velo's been down and everything. But right. you know, you look at it and. Just him as what he's done and what he can do in the postseason. I mean, we've seen it two postseasons now. Uh he can carry a team and you know, everybody's looking for pitching. Everybody's looking for an extra starting pitcher who's who's in postseason contention. Like that's you know, that's that's such an important thing. And so, um, you know, he he could be he he's probably number one, I would think. And then J D, although, you know, one or two, but I mean, obviously, um, Xander is the is what would we get you back the most.
1: Right. Let's end this with this your prediction. How many, you know, I don't know how many trades is probably the wrong question, but on a scale from one to ten, how impactful are the moves that the Red Sox make in the next week? And are they buyers or sellers?
0: I would say that it's gonna be a very disappointing um, trade deadline. As you said, like, you know, if even if you go like 500 this time you're three games out like you have an excuse to not buy or sell you know they could do both but like you know i mean it's just like a 2019 thing so uh people weren't happy with last year's trade deadline they're going to be even more disappointed with this one i would say like a one or two
1: yeah, I'd say three, just because I think, you know, Heimblum's not going to not make a move. I don't think Abraham Almonte, who they acquired yesterday in a small deal with Milwaukee, he's just been added to the Woo Sox roster as outfield depth. I don't think he's going to be the most impactful, you know, piece that goes either way. But I don't think it's going to be, you know, as as active as last year or in 2020 when they traded Hembry and Workman, Pollard, Moreland, all those guys. Um or you know, in eighteen when they got Evaldi and Steve Pierce and Ian Kinsler, I think the twenty nineteen year where we're just Cashman and or Ka- Cashner and only Cashner, I think is is probably the best comp. So I'll go with the three, um, just because that's what I think that uh, I'd rate twenty nineteen, and that's how I will rate this one. But again, and uh, uh, not to you know beat this drum for the eighth time, but this week a big week for the Red Sox, and we'll have it all all covered on Mass Live. That's Chris Thank you Smith. Cashner. Has Andrew
0: Cashner even? Is Andrew Cashner even pitched since then? No, he no, hasn't. He
1: has not. That was the, that was it. That was the end of his <laughs> career. So obviously, that turned, wow. Yeah, didn't work out. All right, I'm going to try again on the outro. That's Chris Smith. I'm Chris Catillo. Thanks for listening. We'll have everything trade deadline related covered at masslive.com next week.